worship team. Good morning, New Hope. How's everybody doing this morning? All right, I'll take it. Well, hey, it's Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, that's exciting, right? So I'm going to do a little poll. I'm just kind of curious where the lay of the land is. How many here are rooting for the Patriots? Got some brave hands. Okay, we've got a few hands. That's more than first service. There was only two first service. So, okay, so I assume uh, Ram, who's rooting for the Rams? A few other hands. Okay. Uh, who doesn't care or you're like, bring on the commercials. I want some good commercials. All right, there you go. There you go. Well, as I was talking about earlier on, don't forget when you leave here today, we've got the, uh, the you're going to miss it, the tent out there, and you can soup gate afterwards. You can stick around and uh, have some soup and hang out. And we've got some uh, Rams gear out there for those of you Rams fair, uh, fans. And uh, there's a deflated football out there for the few Patriots fans. You can um, go get a picture by that or you know, squeeze it, whatever you want to do. That would be, uh, be a good but it's a fun day. It's a fun day. Glad you're all here. Hey, we're continuing on our sermon series. We're looking at the seven things God uses to grow our faith. And we've been, we've been taking on this idea that, that as we enter into 2019, that God, while he loves us as we are, he doesn't want to leave us in that place, right? He wants to help us grow. He wants to, to help us become more like Jesus. And so in light of that process here, how does he do that? Well, we've identified for this series seven different ways that God helps you and I grow. And by way of review, we have uh, here a slide, and it's on, in fact, if you have your bulletin, turn on the back side there, and you can take some notes uh, during the message. Um, if I lose you, you can do your shopping list or whatever you need there on the back. But, but uh, you got that there. And just by way of review, these are the things we've talked about so far. So we've looked at how, how God uses uh, relationships to grow your faith. He uses scripture. Uh, uh, your tears, what that means is he uses the hard times in life. He uses the challenges that we go through in life to help us grow in our faith. And then last week we talked about serving others. That when we serve other people, that God uses that to help us to grow. And if you've missed any of these messages, you can go back on the church website and listen to them. You can also go to Facebook to watch them. Uh, or we also have them on podcast as well. So you can go to any podcast you like to listen to and, and catch up on any of those messages. And so that's what we're looking at. Now the big goal is that here we are 2019 is that you and I, we would grow this year, that you would adopt something in your life to help you take steps to grow in your faith. And so as we've been hitting each of these topics, like we'll do today as well, the hope is that you grab a hold of something and you can assimilate that into your own life, begin to apply that, and that'll help you to take steps of growth in your faith for this year. So let's go ahead and jump into our topic for today. So uh, if you have your Bible, certainly uh, jump there. But we're going to be looking at lots of different scriptures today. So it's not like we're in one place. So I'd encourage you to follow along on the screen behind. Uh, but let me give you our big idea for this morning. It's your next fill in the blank. There it is. That God uses prayer to grow your faith. That God uses prayer to grow your faith. Prayer is important to talk about. In fact, we probably don't talk about it enough. But... Um, I don't know where you're at in this area. I don't know where, where you stand with prayer and, and kind of how that fits into your daily life. But I think if we're, if we're being really honest, I think you'd agree with this, that for the most part, most of us, we stink at prayer. Like We're not very good. Uh, maybe, maybe it's because we don't know enough. Maybe it's because... Um, we're, we're busy or distracted. I mean, whatever, the list could be a mile long of the different reasons maybe we're not great at prayer. But I'll tell you what I think it is. This is, this is what I think it is. Because I think it's true in my own life and I feel it. It's this. Is that we're not very good at prayer because prayer is, is really hard. Prayer is difficult. Um, it takes discipline. It, it takes effort. It, it, takes, it even takes the ability to be able to sit down and, and, and to be quiet and to be still. 
And we don't do that very well even. I mean, we're such adrenaline junkies in our life. I mean, even just to, to be still for a few minutes is hard for some of us because our minds just start going to this and that and got to do that and pick this person up and run here and make this call. And, and we just, we just are, that's our fuel and we're running on that all the time. And that's so counter to what prayer is to come before God still and to, and to talk to him. And, and it's, just, it's just a challenge. And so I know in my own life, there have been seasons where I felt like prayer is strength. It's, it's going really well. And there's been seasons in my life where I'm like, this isn't going so well. And I think all of us can relate to that. In fact, I love this quote by C.J. Vaughn. Here it is. He said this, if I wish to humble anyone, I would just ask them about their prayer life. Because the idea of that is that all of us can grow in prayer, can't we? I mean, every single one of us, we can get better. And so if you wanted to humble somebody, just ask them how they're doing in prayer. Because the right answer, the honest answer is, I could probably do better. That's all of us. And so this morning, this is not about finger wagging. This is not about guilt and shame for any one of us. Like we're not where we want to be or should be in prayer. This morning is about encouragement. Because I think if I took a poll and I asked the question, I'm not going to do it. But if I asked the question, I said, how many here you want to grow in the area of prayer in your life? I think most, if not every hand, would probably go up in this room to say, yeah, I'd love to be better at prayer. And so this morning, my hope is, what I want to do is I want to share with you two principles from Scripture. That's it. Just two principles. There's a lot more we could say. But just two principles. And I think these two principles will both serve as an encouragement to every single one of us. And I hope it also uh, shows and demonstrates how God uses prayer to help us grow in our faith in Him. So that's our plan for this morning. So again, hopefully you have your bulletin and a pen and you're ready to go. Here's your first fill in the blank, the first principle we're going to look at this morning, it's this, that God loves it when you talk to Him. God loves it when you talk to Him. Now before we continue on, just to, I want to highlight what prayer is. Prayer is, as we use that word this morning, if that term's a little unfamiliar to you, prayer is this idea. Prayer is simply talking to God. That's all that it means, talking with God. It doesn't mean talking at God, but it means having a conversation like you will with anybody else you have a relationship with. That's what prayer is. It's, it's talking with God. And, and this idea here that God loves it when you talk to him, I think if we really stop and we just grab a hold of this and soak it in, this is a mind-boggling thing. I mean, really, I mean, take this in, that, that the creator of the heavens and the earth that the, the Alpha and the Omega, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, wants to hear from you. Wants to have a conversation with you. Wants to, wants to, to have a captive audience. He wants to be your captive audience in your life. And, and it's, it's just an incredible thing to consider. Because I say that for my own doing because I know who I am. I mean, most weeks, it's like, it's a good week if you can balance a checkbook and find matching socks, right? Like, I know who I am, and yet the God of the universe wants to have a conversation with me. And same with you. That he wants to hear from us. This is an incredible, amazing thought. I don't want any of us to take this for granted. Let's look at some scriptures that speak to this. Look at this one here, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 8. It says, the prayer of the upright is his delight. He, he, he loves it. He loves when he hears from you in prayer. It's his delight. Or how about this one? This next one here from the book of Isaiah, chapter 65. It says that it will also come to pass that when they call, God says, I'm going to answer. And while they're still speaking, 
I'll hear. And that word there, if you're in your Bible, you can circle underline, but that word of I will hear, what that means is literally I will, I will bend down and I will cut my ear in order to listen. Like he's on the edge of his seat wanting to know everything you're going to say. God, so exciting to hear from you. He's bending down, cupping his ear so he can take in everything you have to tell him. That's the picture, the word picture you get here. This, this incredible thought that God loves to hear from every single one of us. That's incredible. But I think we can fight this sometimes. I think we can still battle sometimes. Like, like for example, I think sometimes we, we can have this insecurity to say, you know, but when it comes to prayer, like, what if, what if I'm bugging him? Anybody ever felt that way before? Like this idea that God is probably pretty busy, right? He's got a lot going on. And so, and so I, shouldn't, I shouldn't go to him and I shouldn't, you know, pray about stuff that's really not like the big stuff, the important stuff. I mean, I can kind of manage everything else. I'll take care of all the little stuff, God. Get, you know, go team, you and I partnership here. But when I get really stuck, then I'll come to you. But I think, again, we can have this idea that God's busy and he's too busy to hear from me. And maybe where we got that from was when we grew up with our own parents. Because we all knew that there was a line. I knew this very well with my parents. There was a line between asking for something and then pestering, right? There's a line between like coming to my parents and then I'm just plain bugging them. And then I also learned that if I'm bugging my parents, that there's times that they just, they'll just tune out. Like I think parents gain this survival skill. Or something like that. Like they can just tune out the kids, you know, mom, 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 mom. They don't hear a thing. They're just doing their thing and it's all good. It's like a coping mechanism. And so there's this idea too that if I'm bugging God, if I'm pestering God, if I'm annoying God, then God's not going to hear me. The, the, the things that I really want to pray about that all of a sudden I've used all my chips and I'm kind of done. And he won't pay attention to me. Sometimes I think we can have this idea and it, it actually limits this idea that God wants to hear from us, that God longs to hear from you about all kinds of things and in fact everything. That's so important. Or what about this? Maybe for you this morning you think, yeah, prayer is important, but sometimes I wonder like, what am I supposed to say when I pray? And what if I'm doing it the wrong way? Because I could say dumb things and I could say the wrong things. I mean, I'm joking with this, but like, am I supposed to pray in the King James because my Bible's in the King James? Like, thou artest, lordest, goodest, you know, and you just kind of have to kind of go through this, like, that's, is that how God wants to hear from me, that I got to speak that way? Or do I just talk like regular? Or am I supposed to use like big words and church words? Like, I think we can think about these things and we wonder, how am I supposed to come to God? And again, we know we can say some pretty dumb things sometimes. We can say the wrong things sometimes. In fact, just, just for the sake of humor for a minute here, I saw these, ad, these ads this week that, that obviously people wrote, and these are pretty dumb. Uh, let's check these out. A surgeon wanted for a new health clinic opening in the area, no experience needed, must have own tools. Really? Okay, not going there. Waitress needed, must be 18 years old with 20 years of experience. How about this one here? This might be my favorite. Use tombstone. Like, who does this? Perfect for someone named Homer, Hindle, Bergen, or Heinzel. Only used once. Okay. How about this? Get 50% off or half price, whichever is less. Like, we do this. We say things that we're like, what am I even talking about? And yet, this is God. And this is prayer. And, and I don't want to say the wrong thing. And so I end up not saying anything. I just... It just, don't, it just doesn't happen. 
And yet this morning, I just want to come back to and remind us all that God loves to hear from you, cupping the ear, bending down, wanting to hear about all the stuff in your life. You don't annoy him. You can't pester him. There is no line of, okay, you've gone too far. That was really dumb. I, you know, I was listening up to that moment, then you lost me. It doesn't work that way with God. He knows you. He loves you. He wants to hear it all. He wants to hear all of it from us. I want, in fact, just to drive this home, I want to just take us through some scripture, some promises in scripture that speak to this very idea. We're just going to roll through these here one by one. Psalm 34, verse 17. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. Some of you need to hear that this morning. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. Next one. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me. He says, I'm going to answer you. John 14. You may ask anything in my name, and I will do it. John 15, verse 7. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. Matthew 6, 8. Your father knows what you want before you even ask him. Psalm 145, the Lord is near to all who call on him. Psalm 116 says, he hears my voice. He hears your voice. Proverbs 15, he hears the prayer of the righteous. Isaiah 58, then you will call and the Lord will answer and you will cry for help. And he will say, here am I. And our last one. 1 John, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. Again, confidence. A confidence in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. You see, over and over again, these scriptures that say God promised, and he says, when you come to me, I'm listening. I'll hear you. And I'm going to answer and let's be very clear, he's not the cosmic vending machine. Right? That's not how God works. And so you come to him, he says, I'll answer. It may not be in the way you want, the way you expect, or the timing you think it's going to happen. But God will answer. God will move. God will, he will do a work as we come before him and as we trust him in this. And here's the beautiful thing. Because as we go before God and we build this habit of saying, God, I'm just taking you at your word. You say that you want to hear from me, that you would love to hear from me. So in all things in my life, I'm just kind of bringing it all to you. And this is your delight. And as you do that and you trust him in this, what's going to begin to happen is that you're going to begin to see answers to prayer. You're going to begin to see God show up and move in certain ways in your life such that you can look back in your life and you can say, look what God did. There's no other explanation. This is something that he completely did. And it was maybe different than what I expected. It turned out a little different than I thought. But God is so faithful. He shows his character over and over. And what that does then is that builds your faith, doesn't it? Because as you face that next challenge in your life, you simply have to look back and say, you know what, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I remember God's faithfulness yesterday, last month, and years ago, and he's never let me down. I can recount answers to prayer over and over again, and so I'm banking on his character and his past faithfulness as I enter in and I, I approach these new situations in life. God, that, that builds faith, and God says, trust me in this. Bring it all to me. This is, this is an incredible thing about prayer. Bring it all to him. This will grow your faith. That's number one. Here's principle number two, our second and last principle. It's this. 
that prayer highlights your need for God. Prayer highlights your need for God. And what this means is that, is that if we consider who God is, God is completely sovereign. He's in control. He's completely sufficient. He doesn't need anything from anybody. There's nothing we do to give God a hand. He's sufficient. But in contrast to that, we're not those things. We are helpless. We are needy. We are dependent. And so often in our lives, I think we live under this illusion of control. That we control more than we actually really do. That, that we live our lives and we make our plans and we go about our day and we think I'm going to do this and do that and, and, and I'm in control of my circumstances, I'm in control of my environment and I'll make such and such decisions and it's going to turn out such and such way. And sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. But I think this idea that we have control in our lives, we like that feeling, but it's an illusion. We don't realize we're actually more fragile than we realize. That we're more dependent and needy than we like to consider. That the truth of the matter is, whether we realize it or not, that we live in a place that this life is such the way that it is that we need God. And prayer is helpful to bring us back to the truth of that idea. That we need Him. In fact, here's my observation that I've just noticed over the years in my own life and the lives of others. is this, is that when our illusion of control is shattered, then we start praying. I may consider this. Imagine, and some of you don't have to, you're a parent, and your kid is sick. And I don't mean cold sick, I mean really sick. In that place where your kid is really sick and you're really scared, guess what you're going to do? You're going to start praying. And you're not going to ask questions like, am I doing this the right way? Did I say the right words? How am I supposed to start my prayer? I'm not really sure. You don't do that. That goes away in that moment because you're in a place where you recognize, God, I need you. And so you just start praying. Or you're in a place in life where you lost your job and you're living off savings, but that's about down to nothing and you don't know how you're going to make that next mortgage payment and you're in that place. Again, I just want to reiterate, I think it's so true that in that place, you just start praying. Prayer kicks in. And you start saying, God, I don't know how to say this or what. If I'm saying it right, it doesn't really matter. God, I need you. God, show up in my life. God, I'm trusting you. God, I'm seeking you. God, I, I'm, I'm dependent on you. Prayer starts when illusion of control ends. To say it one more time, maybe slightly differently, that when the illusion of control disappears, you will find your hindrance to prayer also disappears. We can say it the other way around, though, too. That to the degree that we live our lives thinking we are the captain of our own ship and we are in control of everything in our lives, it's probably true that the person with that mindset doesn't have much need, they think, for prayer. Prayer doesn't kick in. Because again, it's the idea that, God, I've got this. If it gets a little crazy, I'll let you know. But I've got this. But when that illusion is shattered, and that can be really painful when it gets shattered, all of a sudden, prayer begins. Prayer kicks in. And while those kind of things can be painful in lives, that's a good thing. It's a good thing to live life in a posture of dependence. It's a good thing to live life recognizing, God, I need you. Here's why. Because as you go through your daily life, as you go through each day, you recognize that while you have your plans and you have things laid out that you're going to do X, Y, and Z, whatever that may be, you recognize that throughout it all, you need him from the beginning of the day to the very end of the day. 
And so in that posture and in that place that you begin to invite God in a posture of prayer and submission to say, God, would you show up? And so as you're on your way to work or as you're on your way to school or as you're on your way to whatever it is you do and you're going to classes and you're going to meetings and you're going to this thing and that thing, you, it's all just lifted up to God and you say, God, I need you throughout the day. See, what I've found over the years, it's not so much about in this kind of situation, about carving out 30 minutes or an hour and say, I'm at my prayer time, I'm just going to do this. And that's a good thing to do, don't get me wrong to have those dedicated times of prayer. But what I have found in this kind of position, in the midst of busy, real, everyday life, it turns into an attitude and posture of prayer to where throughout the day, I'm just sending quick little prayers to God. You're driving into work. Lord, this just came to mind. I'm just going to pray about this. Oh, that person cut me off. They're probably having a bad day. Let me just pray for them. Oh, this thing, this meeting at work, God, we've worked hard on this project for a long time. I'm a little nervous about this. How's it going to come together? God, would you show up in this board meeting? Because I don't know what's going to happen here. And God, while I'm going about my day, I remember my kids, they're at school. And school's tough. Middle school, high school, all of it. Elementary school, that's a hard place to be. And so God, would you be with our, my kids? Would you just protect them? Would you encourage them? Would you give them, give them all that they need day by day? Would they know that you're with them? And this is this attitude of prayer, this posture of prayer that you're continually mindful of him. See, when you don't live in a posture of dependence, you don't think that way. And we don't live that way. But when we recognize the truth of where we are and who we actually are, we will. We will. God loves to hear from you. He loves to hear from you. And the second idea, prayer highlights that we need God. So I want to ask you this question this morning as we begin to close. Where are you at right now today in your prayer life? Don't raise your hand. Don't shout out loud. Just, just for you as you're thinking through, where am I at in my prayer life? Maybe you think of it as a 1 to 10 scale and you can quantify it or however you want to think about it. But how are you doing in that area? Because this morning, I'd like to try to encourage you. And I want to give you one action step, one thing that we can do. And here's the principle behind it. And there it is. Next fill in the blank. Is that we learn to pray by praying. And there's nothing wrong with learning about prayer. There's nothing wrong with taking a class on prayer. There's nothing wrong with learning the theology behind prayer and how it works and, and ways to pray and strategies for prayer. All that's really good. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day, we grow in the area of prayer by just praying. Just start praying. And building that habit. In fact, remember in the, in the New Testament, Jesus was with his disciples. And his disciples come to Jesus and they said, Jesus, would you teach us to pray? Because obviously these 12 guys had watched Jesus and they'd watched how Jesus prayed. And they're like, we don't do that. Like, that's really cool. Like, I want to do what Jesus is doing. Jesus, teach us to pray. Now, what did he not do? He did not give a two-point sermon like I just did for you this morning, right? He didn't like, okay, guys, here's gather around, pull up my whiteboard, and let's, let's map out how this works. And start. He didn't do that. He said, all right, you want to know how to pray? Gather around. Let's start praying. And those guys just started praying. He gave them example. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be that. He just started giving this example of how to pray. See, we grow in the area of prayer just by doing it, by starting. I love this quote as we begin to close by S.D. Gordon. This is what it says. It says, the great people of earth today are the people of prayer. I do not mean those who talk about prayer, nor those who say they believe in prayer, nor yet those who can explain about prayer. But I mean these people who take time and pray. He's right, isn't he? That's what it's all about. 
Because as we pray, God begins to work in your heart and life and he will change you from the inside out. Prayer, it's really not about the answers. I know that's why we come to him often. But first and foremost, prayer is about as we come before God and we say, God, change this and change them and change my circumstances. Prayer really foundationally is about God, as we do this, would you change me? Would you change my heart? That's what it's about. And so this morning, I want to encourage us to pray, to start praying. And so here's my, my double dog dare challenge for every single one of us. Would you consider making the month of February a month where you give prayer priority? See, we know and studies have said that it takes 30 days to build a habit. And so we're getting close to 30 days of February. So would you take the month of February and a few in March, and would you say, I am just going to make prayer my priority. Maybe this is a part of your spiritual growth plan. That you say, I'm going to do this. And you may say, well, what does that mean? Like, how do I do this? Well, maybe for you, what this means is that you're going to take, you're going to say, okay, this week, I'm going to, I'm going to pray for two minutes a day this week, because I want to start somewhere. And then next week, I'm going to pray for five minutes a day. I'm going to carve out some time. And then I'm going to do 10 minutes a day the following week. I mean, maybe that's what it looks like for you. Maybe for you, another idea is you need to go to Family Dollar, buy a bunch of Post-it sticky notes, and you need to stick, stick uh, prayer reminders all over the house. Put them on your fridge, put them on your mirror, put them wherever, your forehead, whatever you got to do. Of Just reminders of, of prayer requests of God's character and praying over God's character and, and praying for different situations. Maybe that's your strategy and what you need to do. Or maybe for you, you need to say, starting today, starting tomorrow, whatever the case may be, that on my commute to work, I don't turn the radio on until I've spent some time with God. That I'm going to redeem the drive, however long it is for you, and I'm going to spend some time in prayer in my car. And after I've spent some time in prayer, then the radio goes on and do whatever you're going to do. Maybe that's for you a, a strategy that you can use uh, as, as you get started. Maybe for you it's about joining the New Hope prayer team. We have a prayer ministry here. And, and for you, if like I'm, I love to pray, and I'm, but I want to grow more in prayer. Maybe for you it's saying, yeah, put me on that team. And that way during the week I can be praying not just for the stuff in my life and what I'm going through and loved ones, but I'm going to be praying for other people as well. There's about 20-some people. You get an email each week and it shows different prayer requests that you guys fill out on connection cards and people are praying for one another. Maybe for you, that's what you want to do. And if, if that's you, by the way, uh, you have no connection card with you because we already received those. So just go to the Marriage Matters booth and whoever's working there, you're hearing about this for the first time. So go to the Marriage Matters booth and just simply, there's actually a sign-up sheet right there and you can sign your name up in an email address and you'll start getting them tomorrow and you can be a part of the prayer team. Maybe for you, that's what you want to do. Or maybe for you, you need to go a step further and do something like what I do, because I need this, and you need to, you need to buy a, a book or a journal or, or something, a, a notebook or something, where you have something where you are writing down prayer requests because you need to have it there. And so you can go to it each, each day or whatever the case may be, and you, and you pray through the things that are on your list. For, for me, and I've been doing this for decades now, you just have uh, just my top ten list, and I just roll that as ten things, that, and I write down answer to prayer and, and things I'm praying for. I need this. And so maybe that's a part of your strategy. Whatever it is, build a strategy. Have something in your life where you can say, I'm going to make prayer a priority this month because I know that as I do this, God's going to grow my faith and he's going to change me. That's a great thing. That's a really good thing. I'd like to invite uh, Laura and Kathy to come on up, if you would, please, at this time. And we are, we're going to take some time and we're going to celebrate, uh, not the Super Bowl, this is better. We're going to celebrate communion. We're going to celebrate Jesus. We're going to celebrate 
uh, who he is. We're going to celebrate what he did on the cross. He gave his body. He gave his blood. You can see the tables up here. And in a moment, I'll invite the elders. Not now, but in the moment, I'll invite the elders to come up. But, but, um, but before we get to that place, though, we've been talking about prayer. And I want to carve out some moments for all of us to start today. To start right now with prayer. And so I invite you, if you would, to clear everything that you have, Bibles, pens, and bulletins, and all that kind of stuff. You can set it aside. And if you would close your eyes and, and just, this is just you and God time. I want to give you some moments to talk to him. And, and for those of you who feel like, I don't even know where to start, or like, what do I even say? I want to give you some prayer prompts. And so we're going to go to prayer together. And then you'll hear me just, just prompt you on some different ways to pray and then invite you just on your own. Just enjoy him, talk to him. And remember that as we're doing this, he's leaning in. He's cupping that ear. He's delighted to hear from you and your heart. So let's go to prayer together. Father, it's a mind-boggling thing. It's an amazing thing, the gift of prayer. And that as you invite us to come and talk with you, that you promise and say that you hear, that you listen, that, that you care, that you love. And this morning we tell you thank you. Right now I'd like to invite you, just between you and God, just take some time and just thank him. Th thank God for as many things as you can think of in your life, from the people in your life to a warm house, Take some time to say thank you. As you're praising God with gratitude, take some time to, to thank God for who he is, his character, and how he works in your life. invite you now to talk to God about some of the things you're facing right now. Maybe there's some hard things, some challenges, maybe some big decisions you have coming up. Bring that all to him. Finally, take a moment to say thank you for Jesus. Thank you for grace, for forgiveness. Tell him thank you for the cross.
like to invite you to continue in a posture of prayer. This time the elders can come forward if you would, please. And as you're ready, I'd like to invite you to come down the center aisle here and you can fan to the right and to the left. Grab a piece of bread, grab a cup, hang on to it and just take it back to your seat with you. And then we're gonna partake of the elements together. You're invited as you're ready to come forward.